A very, very hearty welcome to all our listeners around the globe on this global streaming event, this global stream across this pale blue dot, the planet Earth. You are listening to Professor David Block, and together we are going to be looking up on this incredibly unique interview with uh, one of South Africa's and one of the world's true icons, one of the world's true legends, a man whom time, with whom time simply floats away into the mists of the cosmic horizons. I am speaking of my very dear friend and honored guest at Cliff Central this afternoon, Advocate George Bezos. Now, of course, you would all remember that Advocate Bezos was part of the team who defended Nelson Mandela at the one of the most famous trials of all time, the uh, Ravonia trial. I'm holding in my hands a book. Uh, which George, George Bezos very kindly signed for me at his birthday entitled Odyssey to Freedom. And if you haven't got it, please do Google it and buy it through Amazon, Odyssey to Freedom by George Bezos. But this is what some of the writers have to say. This book is in the league of Nelson Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom, writes Maureen Isaacson. Another one, Gerald Shaw at the Cape Times writes, One of the most engaging South African autobiographies I have read. The Human Rights Law Law Resource Center in Melbourne writes, An extraordinary and compelling account of an extraordinary life. George, it is such a joy and honor and privilege to invite you to the Cliff Central Studios here this afternoon. Welcome. Thank you for asking me. A little effusive, but uh, I'll accept it. (laughs) Well, this is from my heart. I know you touch me many times when I visit you at your home because you speak from your heart, and I just wanted to speak from my heart. Thank you. Now, uh, just to the listeners before we start the ball rolling with questions, if you want to reach me in studio, please do so. Uh, the number is 0861 That is 0861 If you wish to tweet me, it's at cliffcentral.com. If you want to WeChat, the WeChat ID is cliffcentral. And my Twitter is at Starry Galaxy Man. That's at Starry Galaxy Man. Please feel free to ask, make use of this unique opportunity to ask Advocate Bezos whatever is on your heart and mind. Uh, George, let me just start the ball rolling, if I may, um, with the following little story. I was in Australia uh, as a guest of the Australian National University. And, uh, of course, uh, coming up in the news, and especially when I got back, was the whole issue of what was happening in Cape Town, in fact, at the University of Cape Town, uh, and sp- specifically focused on uh, roads. 
and uh, the removal of his statue. I wonder if you could just lead us briefly into your thoughts on this extremely difficult matter, because a difficult matter it is, but, you know, we couldn't be asking anyone more appropriately suited to address this issue than perhaps one of Nelson Mandela's greatest friends, a man who is executor or one of the executives of his will, Advocate Bezos. Please just lead us down the, how you feel, uh, this should, how this occurred and how it should be addressed. The question is not an easy one because we have a constitution yes which guarantees uh, among other things the rights of minorities mm-hmm. and here we have uh, roads who wanted from Cape to Cairo mm-hmm. a British a colonial in, colonial mm-hmm. uh, the whole of Africa I think that our young people particularly Africans feel rather strongly uh, in relation to what uh, Rhodes uh, stood for mm-hmm. and uh, Of course, the Constitution gives them the right to express their views in relation to matters of some importance to them or the country. Mm -hmm. But the Constitution expects them to do it in a civilized manner, not compel other people to follow them, not to make any threats uh, because uh, there are others that may have different views Mm -hmm. and they are not to use unlawful methods. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a distinction between the University of Cape Town, which is private property, in the people who are the students, they consider it their university, their home, they may have uh, a feeling that they don't want to wake up uh, and look at a person who was not interested in the freedom or fair play in relation to their ancestors, and they can call upon the university authorities Mm -hmm. because it's private property to make a decision and transfer it to a museum. The Constitution actually protects minorities Mm -hmm in relation to public property. Mm -hmm. And there is a distinction between what happened at the University of Cape Town and what is happening at the statue of uh, President uh, Kruger Mm -hmm. in Pretoria. Mm -hmm. That's a public place. Mm -hmm. 
the Constitution guarantees uh, persons uh, of a particular group to uh, celebrate their culture and uh, protect that right. Theoretically, of course, uh, there may be exceptions for public property, but I think that a substantial body of people regard uh, President Kruger uh, a person who was against the imperialism espoused by... uh, by uh, the very rich man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's well put. Yes, and uh, uh, they. Uh, uh, I think that there are sufficient people in number, who, including, by the way, Bram Fisher. <laughs> Mm-hmm. whom I defended and who pointed out to me what uh, was written on the statue. Mm-hmm. Please tell us that story, George. Brown Fisher and I, yes, Brown Fisher and I, uh, where he was the senior counsel, I was one of the junior counsel, mm-hmm. defending Nelson Mandela, Walter Susulu, and others. And we, we parked in a garage near the courtroom, and we would uh, approach the court from the back uh, entrance. Yes. <laughs> and on this particular day, uh, Brahm said, let's go through the front, I want to show you something. Mm, he said so. He said so. Mm-hmm. And we went to the uh, 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 to the statue mm-hmm. of President uh, Kruger, three times life size, mm-hmm. and uh, what are called uh, uh, his uh, boers, uh, his people, yes. carrying guns, sitting around mm-hmm. it, and there was an inscription. In Dutch, which, uh, knowing some Afrikaans, I would try and make some, you know, but, uh, Brahm translated it to me in English. Yes. We may win or we may lose. Yes. But as sure as the sun rises above the clouds every day, hmm. we will Uh, see freedom we will see freedom in Africa wonderful yes now you know this shows that his descendants Mm -hmm. (laughs) regarded him as an enemy of uh, colonialism correct and in the belief of freedom Mm -hmm. of course we may reasonably infer that President Kruger was uh, not concerned about the freedom of the 
majority of the people of South Africa sure, sure. Uh, today or, or then. But nevertheless, that he associated freedom with the war that he had to fight mm-hmm. against British mm-hmm. imperialism mm-hmm. tells us a story mm-hmm. that his descendants, mm-hmm. I believe, have a right to be protected in terms of the provisions of our Constitution that uh, uh, they are entitled to enjoy what is called their culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the attack on the statue of um, Rhodes, Rhodes, Mm. uh, the attack on the statue of uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, and the attack on the the British, uh, uh, on on the British uh, king uh, Mm -hmm. uh, of the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that there are provisions, and I don't, don't want to give a, a, a legal lecture mm-hmm. that actually there are two sections of the Constitution which protect the culture of even minorities mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that any sort of vandalism is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It is a crime. And I think that politically... Uh, the Constitution calls for the unity of South Africa people with different uh, uh, backgrounds and different cultures. Mm -hmm. And what our president, in terms of the Constitution, is uh, charged with is that he should actually do all he can Mm. in order to bring unity among Mm. us. Mm. And uh, the behavior of some of the people is contrary to the provisions of the Constitution. It's quite an exceptional view, um, George. I really, it's something which really resonates with one uh, deeply. So how do you believe, I mean, Suppose you were the vice chancellor at the UCT. Would you have? How would you have addressed this issue? I mean, there is a lot of pain involved, as you've pointed out. But the constitution does protect everybody, which is just awesome. The Rainbow Nation, the man whom you defended, Nelson Mandela himself. Uh, is there any? I mean, does removing a statue solve anything? Not really. In our particular situation, it actually does a fair amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think that we are striving and we have succeeded under the leadership of Nelson Mandela, Mm -hmm. Walter Sassoulou, Bram Fischer and many others uh, to seek unity and to seek equality Mm -hmm. and saying that, well, uh, my... uh, my, the color of my skin made me uh, mm, semi-slave, mm, mm, uh, mm. and I don't want to see it. Mm, mm. Uh, I would appeal mm-hmm. to people mm. to be tolerant. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They may, but they mm-hmm. may well people. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there are very many mm-hmm. that admire uh, uh, the plutocrat. Mm-hmm. But uh, it I doesn't serve anything. Yes. It doesn't serve anything no. to no. remove it. No, I mean the point is, you know, France, for example, might say we want all the allies out and so on, but there are people buried in the ground. I mean, you can't remove everybody. So the point really is, is how far do you go? Um, now, you know, you can take one statue out, but now we're seeing the defacing of many different statues. Do you have any inkling? I mean, you knew the late um, legend and icon, Mr. Mandela, just so well, and you were his great confidant. Is that... Uh, how do you believe he would have handled this? He would not have approved. He would not have approved. He he made it quite clear mm-hmm. that we do not need a bloody revolution. Okay. We don't need any division amongst our people. Okay. We d- d- have a duty to unite our people. Mm-hmm. It was his... Uh, uh, his uh, idea that we should have a national anthem with four languages mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it may well be that there may be some people in South Africa now that they say oh we don't need the English verse, we don't need the Afrikaans verse we, we, we don't need the um, the, the mm. Corsa mm. Mm. version, we don't read the, uh, yes. uh, the, other, the other languages. Mm. Mm. So, is it now that we start a, uh, a campaign that Uncorsa Sikalele Africa, uh, I am happy with? And uh, Morena Buluka, I'm happy with, but mm. I am unhappy. Eti blofar non saliva. That's an Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the of language course. of the oppressor. Of the oppressor. Yes. What yes. is it doing? In a, yes. Nelson Mandela achieved what he intended to achieve mm-hmm. from the cell on Robben Island. Mm-hmm. He wanted a united. South Africa, mm-hmm. and he knew that we could not do what the Allies did in Germany, have Nuremberg trials, mm-hmm. that we had a process of actually uh, given amnesty. Mm-hmm. And he was in the forefront of it. He persuaded the vast majority of the people. Mm-hmm. We have a constitution that was uh, voted for by a majority of almost 400 as against two against and uh, 20 uh, abstentions for their own uh, purposes. If uh, this is what Nelson Mandela wanted. Nelson Mandela took the oath to uh, uh, become president and on the platform there were generals <laughs> from the South African apartheid army, generals from this apartheid uh, mm. uh, uh, police force, uh, planes, 
uh, flying over Union buildings mm-hmm. and dipping their uh, mm. their their wings, wings. to to yes. salute the new president. Yes, yes. I remember uh, those awesome days. And these were deliberate things done by the great leader of South Africa, an mm-hmm. example not only to Africa but to the world at large, mm-hmm. that we w- must have a unity of purpose. Mm-hmm. We must actually do what we can in order to be respectful of one another's. Mm-hmm. And we are entitled to keep our religion, mm-hmm. to keep our mm-hmm. uh, 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 culture. Our values, our history. And our values and our history. Mm-hmm. We must, of course, not... Uh, demean others mm. but to be tolerant mm. this is what Nelson Mandela would have wanted so do you really so therefore you say he would not have approved um, he would have allowed and he did allow the statue to remain where it was yes. because that's not, not the root issue is it that's no, what you're because saying even you see he's he saw the good r- rather than the fault on mankind or yeah, I think that's beautiful George he uh, saw because, the good rather than the faults. Yes. Because, you see, here was uh, uh, the man mm-hmm. who was an imperialist, who wanted not only South Africa, but he named uh, Rhodesia after himself. Uh, <laughs> an arrogant, That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, and... <laughs> And, you know, he, he is no longer, he is no longer with us. And I don't know whether there are any great number of people that will regret if his statue is taken away from the premises of, uh, uh, um, of the University of, of Cape Town. Of the University mm. of Cape Town mm. and put into a museum. Mm. But, you know, the statue of, uh, uh, of, of Kruger. Of Kruger. Mm. It's massive. Mm. It's three or four times life, life size. size. Yes. More than life size. Yes. And, uh, That's the one in Pretoria. In Pretoria. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we have kept the name Pretoria. Mm. Uh, does that remind us? Uh, That's right. Uh, must, we, must we change the names of all the countries? Yes. Coming back from Pretoria to Johannesburg, you go, John to John Foster Drive, by the way, <laughs> on your left. <laughs> and, uh, yes, we went that way, or all close to it. Yes, y- yes. yes. Uh, you see, w- there are things that uh, there are comparisons being made mm-hmm. that the Iraqis b- b- pulled Saddam Hussein's statue down. Yes, the, but that was a violent revolution. I see. There was no concord such as we had in South Africa. I see. That we have, t- we have been cruel to one another. Yes. We have been uh, masters and servants. Let's try and put that behind us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what Mandela uh, achieved. Mm-hmm. That although there was violence from 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of 93 or even 94, mm-hmm. there was nevertheless a deliberate mm. attempt, mm. attempt mm. let the ills of the past mm. uh, be forgotten. And this is why mm. if we did not offer 
the generals and the people who committed crimes mm. amnesty. Mm. There would never have been a... Uh, there would have been a bloody revolution. There or could would have, have been, been a, bla- a yes. bloody revolution. Yes, exactly. And of course, you know, uh, bloody revolutions very often do not serve the people well. Right. The bloody right. revolution in France. Right. Led That's a good example. To, uh, in France led uh, to uh, uh, the reign of terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bloody revolution in Russia led to Stalinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can give a lot of examples of that uh, to the, to the effect that uh, the fanatics don't f- solve problems. Mm. They create problems. Well, that's extremely interesting. You are listening to uh, Professor David Block, and I have the singular joy and honor today of interviewing a truly, well, one of South Africa's and one of the world's greatest icons, I believe, Advocate George Bezos, who was part of the defense team, of course, of Nelson Mandela. The lines are absolutely buzzing. I see Neville Roberts has been on the line for some 13 minutes. Uh, good afternoon to you, Neville. How are you? I'm great, David. Nice to hear your voice. It's Thank lovely you to hear you. your voice, too. Please uh, set your questions for uh, Advocate Bezos. I don't so much have questions as opinion, if that's okay. Okay. Uh, First of all, I'd say we are on load shedding down here, so I missed the first part of your, your talk. I've only been listening in on the phone. It's been great. I think we should erect a statue to Ian McRae, the last man who could keep the lights on in Eskom. <laughs> but uh, I really agree with everything that George Bezos has said. I think he gave a very balanced perspective. And, and my big concern of the whole thing is this trampling of the legacy of Nelson Mandela. Yes. I mean, who can forget the joy when we all went to vote in that first time in the democracy yes. and all the, all the races mixing together and everyone was so excited about the new South Africa we're moving into. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty well all but gone, I would say now. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a deliberate policy because everyone lives in, under the shadow of Mandela mm-hmm. and I suppose they're trying to keep him out of the way in some shape or form now. Mm-hmm. 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 But I don't. I can't disagree with anything that George Bezos no, said, yeah, as I say. Yeah. And but when I say, why are they removing the statue of Rhodes in the Cape? Because it's a matter of historic record that the people who are protesting there in the Cape, they have no ancestral claim to that area. I have no problem with the, the legacy of apartheid and the moving statues that remind them of those times, whether it's Pavut or whoever. Mm-hmm. But Rhodes long preceded that. And, and if you talk the colonial legacy, mm-hmm. it's the finest infrastructure in Africa, mm-hmm. in this country, that was inherited by the okay. present government. Neville, thank you so much for those thoughts. I'm going to uh, allow Advocate Bezos to respond now. Uh, please listen in carefully. Uh, George, um, uh, 
our listener Neville Roberts made a comment that, you know, in the days of Nelson Mandela, and I remember too, as you say, the airplanes flying and dropping their wings and saluting, you know, our legend Nelson Mandela. He's saying it's almost but disappeared now. That sort of struck a very sore note within my um, neurophysiological processes. What are your thoughts on that, George? I mean, what are your comments on Neville's, uh, you know, thoughts? I would be a little bit more uh, optimistic than uh, Neville. Yes, tell uh, us how and uh, why. I believe that uh, some young people, and I don't blame them, uh, uh, I was a bit of a revolutionary myself as a student at mm-hmm. Witzel and got and got into trouble. But uh, I don't... I don't condemn the young people who are saying, you know, we don't want roads on our place. The university is part of our life. We don't want to have a look at them. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether there is a contrary view in relation to the particular person. But what the Constitution provides for yes. is, mm-hmm. yes, you have a right to do this, mm-hmm. but you must also have regard to the rights of others. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key point that you've made today. In other words, everybody deserves their little place in the sunshine. Yes. And as the rainbow, you know, as we see the awesomeness of the rainbows, George, it reminds us of the unity which um, the late Nelson Mandela tried to bring into our lives and into our nation in a most remarkable way. And as one of his closest confidants, I'm sure that, I mean, that's what you're echoing all the time as I understand you, is that I equally have a right to stand at UCT as anybody else. I've got no specific specific comment on the road statue issue as far uh, uh, other than what you have said is that there's a very very um, uh, beautiful constitution laid down and you are so part of that and uh, that cannot just be you know swept under the rugs no I I think that I I have just uh, recently a week ago Mm -hmm. uh, delivered a lecture at the uh, University of mm-hmm. uh, Natal, mm-hmm. where the, the, the heading was respect the constitution, mm-hmm. don't blame it, mm-hmm. because people uh, say that the constitution uh, doesn't meet, meet with the wants of certain groups of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to repeat what I have no, said. No, of course. No, I agree with you. We have a, um, I must first of all thank our listeners too. I believe we last uh, week's broadcast was, uh, podcast of the week. Duncan, is that correct? Well done. Well done on that, Professor. Podcast <laughs> well, of the week. Wow, I'm just so thrilled that uh, we're all looking up together, and that's what we're trying to do today is build our nation rather than break it down. We're here to build. We're here to look up. We're here to strive. This is Professor David Block on Looking Up. You may reach us in studio on 0861-555-189 or Cliff Central com Twitter, WeChat ID Cliff Central. George, there's... Um, uh, a couple of uh, incredible comments here. Uh, inappropriate, uh, this is his nickname, writes, Exceptional guest you have in today, Prof. 
Can I just get his two cents on what he thinks of Mugabe and his comments about not wanting to see any whites in Soweto? George. Well, you know that uh, I defended uh, uh, Changarai and two of his colleagues in, in Zimbabwe. When was that, George? Uh, it was uh, about seven or eight years ago. I see, yes. Uh, and so what are your comments about this? You know, Mugabe saying he, apparently so, he's not wanting to see any whites or any whites in Soweto. Well, uh, I would ignore him. <laughs> I see. Uh, because I, I think that he has messed up his country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is... Uh, uh, Pretending to be a democrat, he is become, become he, he he behaves like a dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I spent ten months in in Zimbabwe defending Changarai, where a made-up case uh, was put up, which we uh, destroyed and. Mm-hmm. The judge had no option but actually acquit the three leaders of the opposition mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. that I defended. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, uh, perhaps uh, one of us should send Mr. Mugabe a copy of our constitution mm-hmm. and we would rather look at our constitution than take his, uh, his advice to actually expel mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. of, of South Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm a refugee yes. from the, yes, sec- the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an 8-lander. Why should you go? Exactly. Uh, I'm an 8-lander. Exactly. Uh, exactly. uh, you know, yes, what, why should what, you go? Why, why must I do, yes. do, do here? Exactly. Exactly. I have a family. I have exactly. three sons. Exactly. I have grandchildren. Exactly. And, uh, and Mandela himself. <laughs> I mean, you were his... I remember you told me many times, George, how you would drive Mandela around in those very, very early days. Just the two of you in the darkest of night. You know, here he goes and chooses as a white man as the executor of his will. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a place for everyone in South Africa, surely. Well, I am very proud. Uh, so am I. Uh, to be a South African. Yes. I was born in Greece. Absolutely. We have a very rich culture, mm-hmm. a very rich uh, ancient language. Uh, the greatest I, of philosophers. The greatest of philosophers. And sometimes the Greeks don't do as well as I expect them to do, but uh, uh, that applies to South Africans as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, 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 don't, I embraced South Africa, and I would like to think that the vast majority of the people yes. of South Africa yes. have uh, embraced me, and yes. I want to thank them for it. Yes. Well, you know, George, I mean, here I sit and I have Duncan on my right-hand side, and we're just so close, aren't we, Duncan, and just great friends together in this wonderful rainbow nation. That is absolutely correct, Professor. I mean, I think that, you know, here you've got such awesome talents and you're just leading the desk and controlling it in such a highly professional manner. And, you know, I'm white. I don't look at any race or color. Do you, Duncan? Uh, Professor, honestly, I still don't see why there's still this confusion and conflict between races. I mean, we're all people. 
Yes. You know, there's no such thing as a black or white problem. They're all human problems, Professor. Yes. yes. Now, I'd like to just switch tech totally, if I may, George, for a moment, because we've just got so much to discuss in such a limited time. But I have uh, the writing of Nelson Mandela before me, and uh, this goes back to the Ravonia trial. And there are some words which you specifically suggested that he change uh, in his closing defense arguments, his closing arguments. And uh, I want to read it because um, I had the privilege of meeting Mr. Mandela um, on a number of occasions, and he wrote a couple of things for me and penned some ideas. But the famous one is this. It is an ideal for which I have lived. It is an ideal for which I still hope to live and to see realized. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die, quote unquote. Now, George, uh, you, of course, played an integral part in having uh, those words put in. But if it needs be, please, please lead our listeners, our precious jewels, our listeners down the road of how you were able to convince Mr. Mandela to put this in and why you believed these were the crucial words to win the argument of the day. Well, Mr. Mandela wrote out his uh, speech yes, in longhand. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we as his lawyers saw the drafts from time to time. And when I saw that he wrote that he was prepared to die, I, I coming from Greece and having studied the... Uh, Life and death of Socrates, who was sentenced to to death, mm -hmm. he had an option after he was found guilty, mm -hmm. and the prosecutor asked for the death sentence. Mm -hmm. What uh, alternative does he give? Yes, and so Socrates, I think, needed a good lawyer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he said, he said. I have done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. I merely tried to teach you what to do, how to do the right thing, mm -hmm. and you ignored me, mm -hmm. and you are trying me, and I have been found guilty. Mm -hmm. I have served you well. You actually feed Olympic winners at the city hall. That mm. is what you must do with me. Mm -hmm. You must make it to take me to the city hall and feed me for the good that I have done. Mm. Mm. And of course, this created a lot of antagonism. Uh, it? Absolutely, yes. he yes. was c convicted by a majority. Yes, but that majority increased substantially when they voted what what uh, punishment should be imposed. Yes, uh, they. They ignored his, uh, well, cheeky mm. response. I suppose that's right. It was very cheeky, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. And uh, I tried to persuade Nelson. Nelson, you know, if you say that you prepare to die, mm -hmm. the maybe that you'll be accused of seeking martyrdom. Mm -hmm. 
The, in the, other words, I am prepared to die, full yeah, stop. And so. the, uh, the, the judge the, then the, hands down the death sentence. Yes. Yeah. And the judge may say in his uh, thoughts, well, you asked for it, here it is. Mm. Mm. And uh, now Nelson said, I have said this so often mm. from the platform that I don't want to leave it out now. Mm. But I persuaded him that we should have a compromise. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe in. This is what I want. And if needs be, if needs be, mm-hmm. I am prepared mm-hmm. to die. I think he it's accepted w- this. Yes, yes. You know, he was always so willing to write things for me, George, and his mind always uh, was beyond. I remember handing him, just presenting him with a piece of moon rock. I am not a distributor of moon rocks, as has been claimed in a recent book. That is absolute trash. But I, NASA wanted him to hold a piece of the moon in his hands. And I remember he just sat down, George, I gave him a pen and he said, one of the striking features of modern times is the emergence of men and women who have chosen to make the entire world the theater of their operations. We are the beneficiaries of this inspiring phenomenon. He wrote that about us astronomers. I think it is incredible that this man, his mind knew no limits, and yet he was so humble enough to take your advice, and here I have it, and you've signed it as well, uh, you know, if needs be, it is an ideal for which I'm prepared to die. But there's humility here. There is no cheek. And that's clearly what was so graceful of you. And what I appreciate so much of you, George, is just your heart and your compassion. Now, we have another listener on the line, uh, Deirdre. Deirdre, please come in. Um, good afternoon, it's Deirdre de Meyer speaking. Well, uh, welcome, Deirdre. Of course, you come from the land of Krugersdorp. I remember yes. growing up there, and I think near to your home, probably, or near to your um, place of work, it would surely be a statue of Paul Kruger. Most welcome to um, this incredible interview we're having with Advocate Bezos. Welcome. Yes. Your Thank question, you. please. I would like to know how does Brahms Fischer feel about the statue of Baltius? Okay, so the question is, how does Brom Fisher, in his heart, would he have, what would he have done? I mean, you, know, you drove with him in the car, George, and suppose the thing had been desecrated as it is, was now. You know, what, what recourses would he have gone to, do you think? I mean, how would he have, he re, how would he have reacted in a private conversation with you, do you believe? Brom Fisher was at heart. An Afrikaner. Bram Fischer was at heart an Afrikaner, yes. He actually suffered, his family suffered, as a result of uh, the imperialism of the British Empire. Yes. His grandfather was the advisor of the President of the Orange Free State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His father defended the poor uh, dissidents in the 1914 war when they did not want South Africa to enter the war at the behest of uh, the uh, British uh, Empire. Mm-hmm. His father who defended the Boers, 
threatened to burn his robes because the Ruinek judge that came from Natal mm-hmm. sent Boers to prison for the stand that they took against the war. Mm-hmm. He never forgot that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wanted freedom for everyone in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he took me yes. to this statue to show me mm-hmm. that freedom will soon mm-hmm. come to Africa as the sun will rise. Mm-hmm. Tells a story and he actually would finish off his uh, speech to the judge in when he was sentenced to life imprisonment, Mm -hmm. he finished up with Kruger's quote Hmm. about freedom coming as sure as the sun will rise. So So you are saying that Bram Fischer himself used that quote in his closing arguments. Yes. That is extraordinary. Well, you can interpret it for yourself that he should choose Kruger's Kruger's, uh, uh, Enthusiasm yes. for freedom. Yes. It may well be that it meant the yes. freedom of only the Boer republics. Uh, yes. But uh, th- this did not influence Brown Fisher mm. from actually incorporating this to the uh, Afrikaner background, Afrikaner birth of the judge. Mm. Uh, uh, so what you are actually saying is that Bram Fischer not only would have allowed the statute of Kruger to stay, but he would have embraced it, he would have saluted it, he would have embraced what Kruger stood for against colonialism. But again, what you're saying to me is in his heart, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Bram Fischer would have embraced South Africa's constitution. Is that correct, George? No, he he actually, he actually... Uh, uh, didn't live to see the Constitution. Of course. No, but what but I'm he, saying is in his mind. He was a Democrat at heart. That's what I'm saying. And one of the exhibits in his trial yes. was the Constitution of the Communist Party of South Africa. Yes. It's not a Stalinist document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a, demo, a democratic, That's interesting. A, a democratic mm-hmm. uh, statement mm-hmm. that he wanted liberty for all mm. the people mm. or freedom for all the people mm. in South Africa. Mm. Mm. And uh, of course, mm. you know, for us and particularly uh, people like uh, Arthur Chaskelson mm. who became the mm. chief, chief justice, mm. they absolutely w- absolutely worshipped him mm. for his commitment Mm-hmm. For freedom for mm-hmm. all people in South I trust Africa. that answers your question, Deidre. Yes, thanks, Amalian. It's Have just great having you on our show. Um, Brad has a lovely a little thought, George. He says, I stand corrected, but as far as I know, Paul Kruger didn't want a statue put up, but when he was told to, that they would put one up, he wanted the top of his hat left open so the birds could nest in it to show his <laughs> modesty. Well, I'll take his word for it. I, I haven't heard it before, but it doesn't <laughs> mean that it didn't happen. <laughs> now, George, of course, in this program, Looking Up with David Block, our heart goes very much out to our leaders 
families of tomorrow. Our heart goes out to our youth of tomorrow. Our heart goes out to those who are perhaps living in shacks but striving to be the pioneers in astronomy or, um, you know, uh, cosmology or whatever they, their calling might be. Now, George, I remember once having a cup of tea with you at your home and you quietly Tears just welled up in your eyes when you spoke about a certain teacher called Cecilia Feinstein, as I recall. Uh, and she somehow left an indelible impression upon your mind. Can you just, uh, I remember you even telling me that she was uh, at one of the honorary graduations, um, con- honorary degrees conferred upon you. Uh, tell us just a little bit about Cecilia Feinstein and what teachers can mean to you as an individual. I came in 1941 as a refugee from German-occupied Greece. Yes. My father became a laborer at ISCO. At ISCO, yes. They tried to get me into Pretoria boys, but they would not have me because I didn't have any English mm-hmm. or Afrikaans, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, tried to get me into YMCA, but I was too young. <laughs> Mm. You had to be a young man and not a a 14-year-old. So I worked in a shop Mm -hmm. as an assistant. Yes. My picture with my father when we arrived was in the Sunday Times. Mm. I remember you showed me that. Yes. With the heading, Greek Farmer's Odyssey. And uh, it was really my father's... uh, risking his life, possibly mine, by um, giving shelter to seven New Zealand soldiers that had been trapped by the German occupation mm-hmm. of Greece. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she looked at me, she yes. said, are you the boy whose picture was in the paper? Yes. And I said, yes. Yes. What school do you go to? Yes. I don't go to school. Hmm. What? Hmm. She said, I'm going to, to the boss. I, I am going to report you to the, uh, to the inspector. That's extraordinary. And on Monday morning, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to fetch him, make sure that he wears his best and you buy him mm. a uniform Isn't later. That incredible, Duncan. And I, I had already passed Sunday six in Greece, but she was a standard six teacher. She took me. Looked after me, passed Sunday six and the seven. She engaged to be married mm, mm. and said, this is a junior high school. You must go to the high school. I think that you are university material. Mm. I will send you to the high school. And she sent me to the uh, Athlone High. Mm. There was there's another wonderful teacher, uh, uh, <laughs> the sister of a great uh, judge of the Court of Appeal mm-hmm. and uh, Frida Greenberg and mm-hmm. she took over. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in other words this lady really lit your candle. Absolutely. I mean you know as in the scriptures Psalm 18 the Lord has lit my candle uh, there have been people George who have come across my life including you sir who have ignited my soul I just enjoy having tea with you you are just a man of genius and yet a man of such humility and so this is 
Obviously what Cecilia did for you is she truly took you, lit your candle, she started you on your career, and here you sit today at the age of 86 and couldn't be busier. 87. 87, I was at your birthday party, exactly. <laughs> so we have a few more um, callers and then we'll be wrapping up. I see that we uh, have Neville again on the line. Welcome back, Neville. Neville has disappeared. All right. So let, here we go. Uh, Temba uh, says, great to hear Advocate George Bezos. I recently finished listening to uh, an audio book of Long Walk to Freedom, and George Bezos is mentioned in that book a lot. Well, that is quite correct. He is mentioned a lot because uh, Mandela, Mr. the late Mr. Mandela and George Bezos were just you know, more than intimate friends. The question Temba has is, is his book going to be converted to audio book as well? In other words, are there any plans to take Odyssey to Freedom and to uh, put it, uh, you know, on into the audio space so that one can listen to it on a computer via headphones? It's it's there already. It's there already, George. So, in other words, if one perhaps goes to Kindle, is it on Kindle? Do on you know? Kindle. It's on Kindle. Well, there you have it, Timber. It's on Kindle. Uh, you're listening to Professor David Block. Darling, in the next five minutes, 0861 I have one of the world's greatest icons in studio, Advocate George Bezos. Reach us on Twitter, CliffCentral.com, on WeChat, ID, CliffCentral. My Twitter feed and handle is at StarryGalaxyMan. Um, I just want to, to conclude, George, if I may, is that um, you, of course, shared many, many intimate moments and many, many intimate memories with the late uh, Mr. Mandela. Um, and yet there's a great degree of pessimism on many fronts that the rainbow seems to be dissipating. Um, and we've discussed this already earlier on. But... What always struck me, I mean, just in my limited exposure with Mr. Mandela, was uh, his humility. What was it that struck you about him? What You knew him and walked with him for so many years. What parts of the puzzle really always stuck with you even until today, George? His optimism. That's incredible. His optimism. When I first went to visit him in August... 1964. 1964, yes. Yeah. I went to, by, with a ferry to, the, to Robben Island. To Robben Island. I had to wait for him and the Bucky with no less than eight warders. Mm. Two in front, two at the back, two on the left. Two on the right, mm. and he, in short trousers, thick boot, boots, no socks, and unlike most prisoners, he didn't put his head down. He was setting the pace mm. with the warders following him. Mm. He mm. came up to the consultant rooms, I embraced him, he embraced me. He asked me how he was winning, how are the children? And he gave uh, Mr. Fisher's uh, 
underground name was Shorty because he was a short man. And when they spoke on the phone and others, mm. they made the gesture. Mm. And he went. I said, you mm-hmm. know, Brown Fisher was still free. And, and that pleased him. And mm. then he turned around and said, you know, George, I haven't been here very long, but I've already lost my manners. I have not introduced you to my guard of honor. Hmm. And he proceeded introducing each one by first name and surname. Hmm. They were very embarrassed, of course. Hmm. They touched hmm. my hand this, uh, thinking that I may, may have uh, some disease <laughs> embracing black hmm. people. Hmm. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this was his optimism. Hmm. And what happened in Robben Island is that the majority of the lower rank uh, uh, warders yes. actually became his friends. Yes. He would give them advice. He was a good lawyer. He yes. would give them advice. Yes. They, would, they would do this, yes. that, and the yes. other. He, he was a very special yes. man. And yes. I don't know yes. whether we're yes. expecting too much yes. if we yes. think that we can get another. Yes. Like him. In conclusion, I'd like to thank Advocate George Bezos so much for being my guest today. Here you are, perhaps on a concrete floor. Here you are, perhaps in prison. I don't know your circumstance, but what uh, Advocate George Bezos has said today is be optimistic. Be optimistic. Live the future. My motto is look up, look up, look up. Never, never, never give up. To all our jewels, our precious, our precious listeners on CliffCentral.com, this is Professor David Block signing out. George, an honor to have you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, David. CliffCentral.com.